Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Astrology Now podcast. My name is Christine Rodriguez, and in this segment, we are going to discuss the upcoming month of March. I know that March has been a hot topic. I've gotten private messages and emails about this month. Apparently, there's a lot of information swirling around about how this month is going to be intense, and I have to agree that the month of March is looking rather dramatic. And so we will definitely talk about the month of March and what is going to be going on. Before we get started, I would like to remind you all that I do use the Vedic sidereal system of astrology. It's different than the Western tropical system. If you would like to learn more about the differences between these two systems, you can go to my website, innerknowing.yoga, click on media and then astrology now. And I have a podcast embedded there. I also want to remind Mind you all that I have a Fundamentals of Vedic Astrology course coming up. I am so excited. I absolutely love teaching. And so I started teaching probably like 10 years ago. I started teaching yoga and meditation and breath work like pranayama. So like I found the absolute joy of my life when I started teaching. And then I started teaching astrology. And nothing is more fun to me than teaching astrology. So having this course coming up, I'm super excited about it. It starts in April. If you're interested in learning the fundamental building blocks of Vedic astrology to support your lifelong astrological endeavors, go to my website, click on offerings, and it should be the first link. Again, we're starting at the end of April. So excited. And I actually think I'm going to be traveling in that period of time as well. And I operate so much better. First of all, when I'm having fun, second of all, when I'm traveling. So I actually anticipate it to be kind of filled with really good inspiration and good energy. So I would love to see you there. And I would love to meet you if you are interested in that course. Again, I I actually don't know when, what, I don't remember the last time that I taught a fundamentals course. It had to have been a few years ago and I don't know when I'm going to do the next one, but This one I am excited about. And then of course I have the inner knowing Vedic coaching program, which if you're interested, sign up for my newsletter on my website and I'm going to run another one at the end of 2023. So getting into the month of March. So again, there's a lot of information swirling around. The March is going to be a big month. And even one of my friends, Vanny, she sent me this card reader and apparently the card reader for all of the, I forget if it was like astrological signs or what they were doing, but they were essentially saying that for all of the readings that they had been doing, there was like all of this stuff coming up for March. And I thought that that was so fascinating that it was even coming through for a tarot reader or a card reader. March is going to be a pretty intense month. There is a lot happening astrologically, especially for the United States chart. And so something that I talk about pretty much every time I record a podcast is Pluto return. And Pluto entered Capricorn, according to the sidereal system, in January of 2020 or March of 2020. It was, it was early 2020 Saturn and Pluto both entered Capricorn. I forget which one was which, but 2020, early 2020. And that was when we saw everything around the world change for me in my study and how I was taught 
Capricorn is the sign of the economy and currency and government structures. And when we saw Pluto, which is this planet of major change and transformation, come into Capricorn, we saw governments around the world change. Literally, you know, things shut down. Things changed in a way that I think impacted the entire world and will impact the world. Um, I, I don't think that things will ever go back completely to the way that they were. And I think that how we view the economy, how we view currency, I think that it's under transformation and we're seeing all of this stuff coming up with the potential of digitizing wealth and of course, cryptocurrency, new ways of investing. It's a big change that we've been seeing and we're going to continue to see it. Pluto's going to be in Capricorn for the next several years, but for the chart of the United States, when the constitution was signed, Pluto was in Capricorn. So the United States is having its first Pluto return, which does kind of set it apart in a way from the rest of the world. And I think that the U.S. is, as I've been saying for years, literally since I started the podcast, I believe in 2018, um, it's, it's going through this big kind of death and rebirth. That's what Pluto represents. And the cool thing about Pluto is that there is always a deep transformation, but there is always this rebirth. So ultimately it will clear out what is no longer useful, what was no longer helpful, but it's, there are some growing pains in that period. And I think that we have been experiencing it as a nation, if you're here in the U S and I think that it's something that we will continue experiencing. And I think that this month we're going to see some, you know, a little bit more intensity and I'll get into why I believe that. Um, but I also think that globally, I don't think it's just for the U S I think that globally we're going to see things become, as I mentioned earlier, a little bit more dramatic and it's always important to stay connected. Um, when there are periods of intensity or there is period or there's a period of chaos or shift and change, I think it's so important to come back to the reality that chaos is natural. Chaos exists in nature, right? We see tornadoes, we see birth and decay, we see severe weather or, you know, wild, even storms happening in the ocean with different currents, right? Like this chaotic movement is a natural force of nature. And with the philosophy, I know that we've spoken about this before, with the philosophy of Sanantana Dharma, Sanantana Dharma is Eastern philosophy. We have the modes of creation preservation and destruction. And so Brahma is the creator. Vishnu is the preserver or the sustainer. And then Shiva is the destroyer. And so we see that in this Trinity, these, these three major facets, they all exist in nature and they're all important for the sustaining of the world, right? I mean, if nothing was ever destructive, if we never had any chaos, we would become completely out of balance. 
And so I think it's really important to stay connected to that and not allow fear or anxiety to take over. We have astrology so that we can have perspective and so that we can see things from a bird's eye view and that nothing really shakes us to our core. We have a little bit you know, of predictability. But ultimately, astrology is not here to help us control anything or stop anything or manage anything. It's here to give us insight and perspective so that we can surrender more deeply. And so I hope that that resonates with someone somewhere. I always lean on surrender. I think I'm kind of a control freak. (laughs) I think that all of us are control freaks. I think that people really like to try to control things. I know I love to control things. And so my ultimate medicine is surrender and trust. I think that surrender and trust are two things that I, that do not come naturally to me or have not historically. And it's something that I've worked on a lot and I've come to see as my medicine in this lifetime. And so I extend that to you. I hope that it's helpful for someone somewhere. So getting into March, as we move through the beginning of the month here between March 1st, 2nd, even the 3rd, Jupiter and Venus are very close in degrees and they are in the sign of Pisces. And so first of all, I highly recommend downloading a star app and going outside in the evening and finding them. They're absolutely stunning. So beautiful. I have this theory that everything looks better in Pisces. I don't know why when plants move through Pisces, they just sparkle a little bit more, I think, (laughs) but they're stunning. And I recommend going outside to look. And so Pisces is taking the center stage this month in March. I really want to spend some time talking about this sign and then we'll kind of come back to the conjunction of Jupiter and Venus, but I I want to talk extensively about Pisces because we'll be referring to it quite a bit. Pisces is the final sign of the Zodiac. And that being said, there is this deep spiritualization that comes with the sign of Pisces. Pisces is represented by two fish swimming in water governed by Jupiter, giving it this deep spiritual philosophical edge. It needs a lot of freedom to move like two fish. It's it's directed by its intuition, I should say. And it is the final sign. When we think about the 12th house in Vedic astrology, it's the house of moksha, of liberation, of spirituality, but it's also the house of loss of sudden expenses, of things that kind of drain away. It's also the subconscious mind. It is isolation, being alone. Finding ourself in foreign places, but also losing ourself through illusionment. The asterisms in Pisces, this is a very important part of our discussion today. The three nakshatras in Pisces are Uttara Bhadrapada, well, I should say Purva Bhadrapada first, Uttara Bhadrapada, and Ravati. This is a very interesting thing about Pisces. Purva Bhadrapada and Uttara Bhadrapada are two of the most intense, in my opinion, of the asterisms. I was doing this series on Instagram called Dull Ache Magic, and I'm still working on it. Dull Ache Magic. There's this, there's this, ugh, there's this like heartbreak that comes with the Bhadrapadas. And usually when people have 
planets and these asterisms, they just feel very deeply. They're very sensitive. They really get what it means to suffer and, and to experience loss. Remember the 12th sign it's associated to the 12th house. There's this connection to loss, but it's deeply, deeply spiritualizing. The Bajrapadas are associated to the funeral cot. And it's said that with this funeral cot, with this funeral pyre, things are thrown in when they decay. And whatever is no longer necessary is burned in the flames. And when we look at things from a spiritual perspective, when something dies, it's only the physical body that changes. The spiritual body, the soul, the jiva, the energy, it transmutes, it goes somewhere else. It animates a different material form. And so the only thing that dies, the only thing that decays is this physical, material, you know, finite quality. So when it is time to visit that funeral pyre, essentially, whatever is no longer necessary, whatever is outgrown, whatever is no longer needed, it will burn up. It will change shape. Whatever is eternal, whatever is infinite will transcend and have this new beginning, right? So Pisces is about endings and it's about beginnings. The Bajrapadas are about burning and surrendering what is no longer necessary so that what is eternal, what is helpful, what is infinite can move forward. Very, very, very deep. When people have planets in Purva Vajrapada or Uttara Vajrapada, they tend to have this depth about them. The final nakshatra is Ravity. This is such an interesting, I absolutely love astrology. It's just so fascinating and so beautiful. Ravity is associated to traveling and moving forward. The deity is Pushan, who helps usher travelers to safety. So whatever was no longer necessary was burnt up. The soul is liberated. Whatever is infinite moves forward, and then it is ushered to where it needs to go so that it can have this new beginning. So this is why Pisces is associated to endings and beginnings, to spirituality, to liberation. It's the most spiritualizing sign of the Zodiac. Really gets it. You know, they really understand the ethereal realm. It understands the ethereal realm, I should say. That being said, when we are operating in a material world, as planets move through Pisces, it can be really intense. Because there are things that are being lost. There are things that are disappearing. There are things that are burning up, right? That are being purified in a sense. And it can be really intense. It can be really intense. But the positive qualities of Pisces is that there is this beginning. There is this spiritualization. There is this higher state of consciousness, higher awareness, understanding things that we didn't understand before. So keep this in mind as we move through this podcast. At the beginning of March, Jupiter and Venus are conjoined in Pisces. And so both of these planets being associated to teaching and leadership, Jupiter is the guru. It brings light to darkness. It brings wisdom. Jupiter, of course, rules Pisces. So he's in his own sign. Venus is Shukracharya. 
I think that sometimes people forget that Venus is also a preacher and Venus is the leader of one of the astrological camps. So Venus has this association to being a governor. Venus is exalted in the sign of Pisces. So both of these planets do very well in Pisces, but both of them have this quality of wanting to be the leader. And so there can be a little bit of clashing. I think that we have seen leaders clashing at this time. I think that we've seen a lot of intensity for us on a personal level. This is such an amazing time to purify and to reconnect with what it is that we really want, what it is that we really want to devote our time to. And if there is any part of our life that we're needing to shed or let go of or release, to transmute, to alchemize, this is a really potent time to do so. So if you're wanting to have any type of ceremony for yourself, I do recommend going outside and looking up and taking taking a moment to observe the astral bodies and to look at them. You know, I think that we spend a lot of time tracking astrology on apps and reading about astrology, but we don't spend as much time looking at stars maybe. So taking some time outside and then taking a little personal inventory of what it may be time to release or again, transmute. So that's at the beginning of the month. And I do globally, I do understand the tensions happening with these two planets together because there is this natural clash and this natural kind of butting heads between the two energies. On March 7th, we have a full moon in Porva Falguni, and typically I would be doing a full moon forecast right now, and so unfortunately we're going to miss this full moon going in depth, but Porva Falguni is all about luxury and art and creativity. It is one of the most creative of the nakshatras. It's in the sign of Leo. And the full moon is traditionally a time of like release and letting go. So it goes along with what we were discussing. I think that the beginning of March in general is this amazing time of really putting into perspective what it might be time to surrender, release, transform. Um, But... Porva Falguni has so much amazing creative energy. So it could be an amazing time to set your sights on a new creative endeavor, a new artistic endeavor. It could even be some sort of romantic endeavor. Porva Falguni is a very romantic nakshatra. <laughs> so around the seventh, all of us, you know, it's a good time for romance. It's a good time for creativity and pleasure and luxury. It's an awesome time if you've been wanting to try a new restaurant or if you've been wanting to, I don't know, go to a new spa, get a massage, do something that's good for your body, mind, spirit. If you've been wanting to connect with others, do something again, a little bit more like romantic or fun. This is a really nice time to plan that. Highly, highly recommend it, actually. Take advantage of it. On March 10th, or between March 10th to March 15th, Venus is going to be Gandanta. So this is right after the full moon in Porva Falguni. And so Venus Gandanta, what this means, the Gandanta degrees, is when a planet moves from a fire sign to a water, or excuse me, from a water sign to a fire sign. So if a planet is moving from Pisces to Aries, if a planet is moving from Cancer to Leo, if a planet is moving from Scorpio to Sagittarius, that transfer point 
as the planet moves from the water to the fire sign, it's said to be in Gandanta degrees. This is a very, very intense portion of the sky. That water and fire energy are inherently different. And the planet is said to feel out of control, like it is drowning. That's what Gandanta refers to. So as Venus moves over those Gandanta degrees, again, it'll be March 10th to March 15th. There may be some extra passions that arise. You know, Venus is the planet of love. It is also the planet of diplomacy. So in a global sense, I do think that tensions will be rising. I think that we, um, I think that March in general, we're going to see tensions rise kind of as we move through the month. And I think that there may be events that are being spurred in this time period because Venus has so much to do with diplomacy and our ability to connect with other people. So we want to watch between those dates. There might be something global that happens in our own personal life. Passions may run high. It may be positive for some of us. We may uh, feel extra connected to a lover. We may feel a little bit more inspired creatively, but we may also be a little bit more prone to jealousy or feeling overbearing or feeling some anxiety. We may feel a little bit more argumentative in this time. So try not to start any unnecessary arguments or disputes during this period of time. March 11th through April 6th, Venus is going to be in Aries. Wow. How fun. For some of us, this is going to be a great time. For some of us, this is going to feel really frustrating. <laughs> so Venus, we know what Venus means. We've talked about it. Aries is the first sign of the Zodiac. So passionate, so initiating, so exciting, refreshing. There's almost like an immaturity to it, but it can also be very impulsive, very fiery, you know, passionate in the sense of doing things without thinking about it. Um, Aries also has an association to being pioneering in a sense, self-starting. So Venus in Aries, it's also going to be with Rahu. It's also going to be with Uranus. And so for some of us, this could actually bring a sudden spark in if we are dating or if we're interested in meeting someone, Venus and Aries could certainly spur some sort of sudden romantic endeavor. It could be it could be one of those types of romances though, that start really quickly are really exciting and then they kind of burn out. So what I would recommend in this period is if you do meet someone who's really exciting, if there is some sort of sudden encounter, try to take your time, try to be a little bit more pragmatic, try to really get to know the person. I think that sometimes when we meet someone and we're really excited, we just kind of project all of these idealistic, amazing views on them. So Remember to let them be a person, to try to see them for who they are without projecting our own desires onto them. If we're in a relationship already, this is definitely an opportunity to introduce a spark back into the relationship or do something that is a little bit more new, exciting, and refreshing, something that's more fun. Venus and Aries, it needs to have a lot of fun, right? Venus is what we take pleasure in, and Aries is exciting and spontaneous and new and fresh. So it's an opportunity to find joy in these things. If you've been wanting to do something that's maybe a little bit more extreme in nature, I know I talked about skydiving on the last maybe two podcasts ago. If you're wanting to skydive, if you're wanting to snowboard, if you're wanting to like, I don't know, whatever, take a long hike. This is definitely a nice period to do so. Of course, we should always be mindful um, when we're doing things like that, but it could bring a love for adventure and spontaneity. 
This transit is going to impact each of the signs differently on my Patreon account, patreon.com slash astrology now podcast. I talk about how all these transits will influence each of the Zodiac signs individually. So if you do want to know how Venus and Aries will impact you, I will talk about that on Patreon for sure. But anyway, um, you know, Venus, it's also going to transit with Rahu and Uranus. So again, it could bring sudden events into the love life. There could even be some sudden conflict. This is the sign of passion, of heat, of fire. There could be some conflicts in love. There could be some power struggles in love. Passion and heat is just going to be running high. And Rahu is also foreigners. So this could bring like a foreign love interest or a love interest in a distant place. It could also just bring a love of travel, of getting out of your ordinary routine. On a global level, I do see this being interesting. Um, Venus is the planet of diplomacy. It is in Aries. It is with Rahu and Uranus. I definitely see this bringing some of those power struggles and tension globally. Venus is very important to assess also when we are thinking about finances and wealth. And so this is a period of time where I think that the economy is going to be a strong focus and wealth is going to be a strong focus, especially for the United States. This is something that we need to be watching for. I'll kind of come back to this. So between March 12th and May 10th, Mars is going to be in the sign of Gemini. This is really what is going to bring intensity. First of all, for anyone who has planets in Gemini, this could bring more of a passion and initiation. It could bring more of an athleticism or a desire to be efficient. Mars in Gemini, it has this very like martial quality to it. So if you have planets in Gemini, it could actually help bring a lot of ambition and motivation. It could also bring things like accidents, injuries, headaches, gotta be mindful. On a global level, the United States has multiple planets in Gemini. So if we're looking at the chart of the United States, Mars, Venus, Jupiter, and the sun are all in the sign of Gemini. Whenever we see big transits happen in Gemini, something occurs for the United States in some way. So as Mars is entering Gemini this month around March 12th, this is when things are really going to pick up. This is this transit. And again, it's lasting until May 10th. This is going to bring quite a bit of intensity. And the seventh house is how we deal with other people, how we interact in partnership. And so because the United States, of course, is a country, it could have to do with allyship, countries that we're connected to, countries that we are in conversation with. So this is certainly going to bring a lot of intensity. I do foresee, you know, tensions start building around March 10th, March 15th. Once Mars enters Gemini in March 12th, I think that's when we can really begin to anticipate things heating up and becoming more dramatic, I think around the world, but especially here in the United States. 
between March 14th and April 14th, the sun is going to be in Pisces. So first of all, I want to say happy birthday to all of our Pisces sun according to the sidereal system of astrology, if you were born between March 14th and April 14th, your son is in the sign of Pisces. So happy birthday. Thank you so much for bringing this amazing, spiritualizing, deep, philosophical, spiritual, eclectic, interesting energy into the world. We absolutely love you and just sweet, you know, Pisces tend to be so sweet. The sun being in Pisces, this is very, very, very important because what happens is that we are going to have the Vedic New Year. And the Vedic New Year is when we have our new moon in the sign of Pisces. It's when the moon and sun conjoin. And so the sun being here is what really facilitates that new year. And so on March 21st, we will have the new moon in Uttara Bhadrapada creating the new year chart, essentially. A chart that can be used for the rest of the year to determine events. This is a paramount year for world leaders, especially leaders here in the United States. I think that there is going to be so much with beginnings, endings, purification. I think that around the world, we are going to become aware of so much more than we were. Remember that Pisces is the sign of awareness. And when we look at this new year chart on the day of the new moon, which we'll do an entire podcast on for March 21st, but on the day of this new moon, there are going to be five planets in Pisces. And Pisces, as we talked about at the beginning of the podcast, it's about endings and beginnings, deeper states of realization, deeper states of consciousness and understanding, purifying what is no longer needed so that what is true can really prevail. And so I do think that we're going to be learning a lot around the world. I think that so much information is going to be coming out that helps us really understand more of what's been going on, but Pisces can also create illusionment. And so I think that information will be coming out simultaneously to information trying to be concealed or covered up. But the information that is coming out, what people do come to realize, I think will have a major impact on the types of leaders that we want to follow and the types of leaders that we want to represent us. There's a lot here in regards to leadership, but there's also a lot in regards to government. So I do think that this year from March, 2023 until March of 2024, there is going to be a purification happening when it comes to government forces, government structures, what we can expect from those in charge or people wanting this and striving for it and asking for it, right? This is happening simultaneously to Saturn and Aquarius. So this is a big year for people wanting a change and wanting a difference when it comes to leaders who's representing us and when it comes to how things are facilitated within the government. Um, and again, Pisces, it has this connection to deeper states of awareness, but it can also be disillusionment. So we're going to have to find the balance of both. I spoke about this in my predictions for 2023 
on the Vedic New Year, Venus and Rahu are also going to be conjoined. I think that this is going to be a huge year for love and relationship and connection. I think that there could also be a lot of focus on fertility and reproduction because Venus has so much to do with, I mean, Venus represents semen in Vedic astrology. So there may be something around reproduction here that is going on. And it's actually interesting. I saw an article recently on men's birth control coming out. Maybe it's something like that. It could be some new invention around birth control or fertility, IVF. Just, I think there's going to be a lot more coming up with fertility and birth. It may even have to do with fertility rates or something like that. So this is something that we should watch out for again after this Vedic new year. So again, this is a pretty big month. The final individual transit I'll talk about, and then I'll do kind of a holistic view. March 16th until March 31st, Mercury is going to be in Pisces. So Mercury in Pisces is debilitated. Mercury is the planet of rationalization and logic, compartmentalization. When it's in the sign of Pisces, Pisces is this whimsical, flowy, intuitive sign. Mercury, the planet of rationalization, doesn't operate as effectively here. So it's said to be debilitated. This is a time, again, March 16th to March 31st, we really want to be mindful of our communication. We want to be mindful of technology. We want to be very careful with health matters related to mercury, our skin, our nervous system, our lungs. It's an important time to take extra care of these things. Mercury will be with Jupiter. So I do see that supporting quite a bit, but I still wanted to throw that out there and be mindful. Mercury also has a lot to do with travel. So we want to be very mindful with traveling during this period. Okay. There may be some delays, there may be cancellations, there may be some issues coming about in relationship to how we travel, how we get around. There could be technical errors, technical difficulties in relationship to travel. So we certainly do want to be mindful, even Venus transiting with Rahu and Uranus, this could also bring some of these sudden issues or, or sudden events. So Please do have that on your radar and be extra, extra careful. So overall, when we're looking at the month of March, again, intensity is going to start growing. We'll see events happening towards the beginning of the month. We'll see things increasingly become intense towards the end of the month. When we have that new moon in Uttara Vajrapada, the Vajrapadas are associated to the funeral pyre, Right? When we have bigger transits happening in Pisces, there are usually more chaotic events that occur. So I do anticipate this month being intense. I do agree with all the other information that is circulating. What I think the month of March is very powerful for is moving with our intuition and moving with our passion. We're having transits that are occurring that really amplify our intuitive energy, our psychic energy, our ability to feel deeply. We may be having interesting dreams coming through. Pisces is also the sign of dreams. And so if you are a dreamer, if you have a lot of messages come through, it's definitely an important time to get out your dream journal, to track what's happening, to follow any signs or symbols. 
I don't talk about stuff like this often. I usually approach things from a pretty like quote unquote grounded standpoint, but I truly do believe, I truly do believe that the universe is in constant communication with us and signs, symbols, animals, omens. I believe that they exist. And as we're having all of these planets build in Pisces, I think that we are all going to be a little bit more prone to receiving these omens. And I think that we're all a little bit more privy to noticing them. So again, in your day-to-day life, just be extra mindful of the things that you're noticing or synchronicities or patterns, because they could be trying to tell you something. Same thing with your dreams. Make sure that you're paying attention. And with this energy happening in Aries, this is the time to really follow what moves us, what we're passionate about, what we're excited about. Venus is going to be with Rahu and with Uranus. So really pay attention right? It may be time for some type of big change or transition so that you can get more in alignment with what it is that excites you. Final thing I'll say about Aries with Rahu, or excuse me, with um, Rahu and Venus and Aries is that this can create some mm, maybe tendency to think that grass is greener on the other side, maybe some fantasies in love, potentially even infidelity. Be really mindful of that, right? Be really mindful of the world around you. And if you're having thoughts like that, just check yourself. Be really, really mindful because this transit could uh, spur thoughts like that. Mercury in Pisces, even though it's not the best for technology, not the best for travel or communication, this is an amazing time for creative writing, for creative music, for having amazing new innovative ideas. Mercury in Pisces is so profoundly artistic and ethereal. So if you are a creative type, if you have a job that allows you to express any like unconventional ideas, this is such a phenomenal time to do so. But even if you're not a creative type, or if you don't consider yourself a creative type, it's an awesome opportunity to paint for the joy of painting, try writing a few haikus just to get your creative juices flowing, allow yourself to dance to some of your favorite music. It's the time to let energy move a little bit more freely without trying to control so much. Mercury in Pisces, it has this beautiful ability to let ourselves let go, right? Because Mercury it kind of wants to control things and it wants to compartmentalize and rationalize and keep things contained. When it's in Pisces, Pisces allows it to let go, to release, to not try to control. So if there's something that you've been wanting to say and you felt too controlled to, maybe this is a time to fully express yourself. If you've been wanting to paint just to paint or dance just to dance, right? Write just to write. Release the expectation release the desire to rationalize or perfect. Mercury also has this tendency to perfect things and to pay so much attention to the detail. Who cares about the detail? Who cares about what it turns into? Focus more on how it feels when you do something. That's what Mercury and Pisces is all about. So this went on way longer than I was expecting. I do hope that it helped you out. 
If you would like to know how all of these transits are going to impact you with Venus and Aries, Mars and Gemini, Sun and Pisces, Mercury and Pisces, sign up for Patreon, patreon.com slash astrology now podcast, where I do weekly horoscopes for each of the 12 Zodiac signs. If you'd like to follow me on Instagram, it's astrology now underscore podcast, schedule a reading at innerknowing.yoga. Again, my name is Christine Rodriguez. This is astrology. Now I'll see you all next week.